I acknowledge that the land I work, live, and play on is the unceded territory of the Coast Salish peoples, including the territories of the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh nations. Welcome to Van X Van. Uh, I'm Doug Vandelay, and uh, here to talk about her debut comedy album, Going Up. I'm joined today by SiriusXM Top Comics semi-finalist and Alberta's first ever female elevator mechanic, Brittany Lysing. How's it going, Brittany? I think I already hey, man, asked how that. How are you? <laughs> yeah, that's alright. Yeah. I'm, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty good. So, uh, going up, uh, your first album, uh, can you tell us a little bit about how it came to be? Absolutely, yeah. It's um, it's material I've been working on for the the past six years, and um, I was approached by uh, Jonathan Simkin from Six O Four Records, and asked if I wanted to to do something together and and, and make a record, and and we uh, we we talked about it for the better part of uh, a year, and and finally got it recorded in January of uh, of this year, and just uh, released it here in uh, uh, October seventeenth. Oh, that's awesome. Um, I yeah. I had a chance to have a listen to it. Um. I really enjoyed it. Uh, oh, thank I, I, you. I have seen a lot of that uh, material you doing it live, but um, oh they're, yeah, <laughs> they're great. It's a it's a great performance. Where was it recorded? Uh, we did it at Yuck Yucks Vancouver, which is uh, one of my favorite clubs in the country. Um, it's just so much fun, and the audiences are always so on board. So we had a blast doing it. Yeah, I I love that room as well. So as you mentioned before, you're a a touring comic. Um, yeah. Super busy. <laughs> For now, I hope to stay busy. <laughs> you you said you'd finish that tour. Um, where are you now? Do you live in Vancouver? No, I'm uh, I I uh, live in Calgary, but I, I'm very rarely here. I'm here doing some shows for the week, and then uh, back out uh, actually out west there in uh, I'll be in Kelowna next uh, for a big tour or five day five day tour in in Kelowna, in the Okanagan area. Oh yeah, How- yeah. How much time do you uh, spend on the road versus in Calgary? Oh, oh probably uh, 40, 40 weeks out of the year. You know, like, you know, maybe home during the week, but back uh, out on the road on the weekend. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, I'm not here very often, man. <laughs> do, do you like it? Do you like touring? I do like touring. I'm, I'm kind of at that uh, early stage of my career where it's all still kind of new and fun. And, you know, you get that excited feeling when you get to a hotel. So uh, I'm kind of living it up now. But we'll see. Uh, ask me in 10 years if I if I like going to Cold Lake, Alberta. I'm not sure I'll have the same answer. <laughs> Where's the uh, the best place you've been touring? Uh, best place? Well, honestly, I love I love the uh, I love being in Vancouver and uh, kind of the lower mainland area and stuff like that. It's always fun audiences, and nicer weather than it is here. And uh, but, uh, you know. The bigger cities are always a little bit more fun. Vancouver and Toronto can be a blast. And uh, what about the other side of the coin? Where's uh, maybe a less desirable place that you end up? <laughs> well, sometimes some of these small towns can be a little judgmental. I mean, there's a little bit of a Bible belt that exists in Alberta, and sometimes those places are a little bit hard to play. The audiences are just uh, stuck stuck 30 years ago and uh they're not really super open to hearing a uh, new perspective so it can be a little bit challenging but it's almost like running with uh weights on you know it's a it's good training ground and uh sometimes it's it just creates material by being there <laughs> so is it more like it's harder to squeeze a laugh out of them or actively hostile 
Uh, some places are actively hostile. You know, it just depends. You know, it depends. It depends what the function is. Like, if everybody comes for comedy, everyone's excited. But if you sometimes you'll go and do like a fundraiser, and it'll be like people are like raising money for the figure skating club in Caroline, Alberta, and they just like they didn't really want to see comedy, and they they're not super open to uh, a girl being up there for forty five minutes. So sometimes they can be a little hostile. But, uh, you know, that that's the fun of it all is just trying to get them on your side and see what you have in common. So you're saying you get, like, a hecklers at a charity fundraiser? Oh, you know what's worse than heckers? Hecklers is crossed, uh, crossed arms and frowny faces. <laughs> <laughs> I would much rather be somebody just scream from the crowd, you suck. <laughs> You're like, oh, thank God, somebody here to break the tension. But it uh, just depends, right? I mean, it just depends on the show and uh, the – if they're if they were there for comedy or you know if they were surprised by the whole thing so do you have any um uh stories from your road on uh sort of standout hecklers how you've dealt with them or... uh my favorite heckler of all time was in niagara falls in uh, a casino it used to be the old yuck yucks used to be in a casino in niagara falls it's moved since but this old the old casino they used to give people who just like lost at gambling they just give them tickets to the show so they just lost like thirty thousand dollars and they're like do you want to see a 1999 show at yuck yucks and they were bummed so they're all sitting in there and i used to have a line in an old bit that went that uh before the punchline hit i'd say i don't mean to bum you out and then uh, somebody from the back just goes, too friggin' late. <laughs> 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 and then I couldn't stop laughing for like 20 minutes. I was like, I can't get it back together. Just because I couldn't, it was so like, it had been quiet for a while before he yelled it. So it was, uh, it was, uh, it was a funny time. Yeah, someone's already at rock bottom. <laughs> yeah, he was. I, I feel like that's the last thing. Up. The last thing I would want if I just lost thirty k to go and see comedy. Yeah, that would be awful. They'd be like, "Do you want to go sit in a room and feel uncomfortable for a little bit?" And they were just like, "Yeah." Well, I mean, someone makes light of uh Yeah, makes light of your city life. <laughs> <laughs> Before this, well, I, I gather from from your act, you were an elevator mechanic. Yeah. I was an elevator mechanic for 12 years. What led from uh, that to you becoming a full-time comic? Well, it was uh, comedy was something I always dreamt of and just like didn't know where to do it or how to do it. So I just kind of got a regular Joe job and worked hard at that. And then I started realizing like, oh man, like there's got to be somewhere you can go do comedy. And I used to go to Yuck Yucks for my birthday every year. And then I would just like get hammered and ask the door guy. I'd be like, where can you do this? And they tell, they told me, they're like, oh, there's an open mic in Broke, Broken City in Calgary and stuff like that. And I kind of put it off and put it off, put it off. And I was like writing jokes, you know, when I was at work. And I'd like put them in my pocket and save them for later. And then uh, my dad had a heart attack. He's fine. But then uh, he's fine now. But at the time, I was just like, holy smokes. Like, I don't know. Like, life is so short. So I kind of just started in the next, like, six months to come. I was like, yeah, I'm going to really do this. I'm going to try figure out where I can go tell jokes and, and see how that goes. And then, uh, yeah, it was just kind of, uh, from there, it was like, uh, kind of a whirlwind. I got signed to Yak Yaks my first six months and started going out on tour on the road with them. And, and, uh, here we are today. Nice. Do you remember much from your, uh, first open mic? Yeah. Show? Yeah. 
You bet. I was wearing like a belted shirt that would like never look good on me. Like I don't know why I chose it. Uh, it was gross. Uh, it was a, an odd choice. <laughs> so I have the old video of it. I'm like, what's with the fucking belted shirt, girl? And then uh, my act was like, it was kind of just like me doing my version of Sarah Silverman because I just loved her so much. And then I just, uh, I, I the next time I was like, oh, I can't really, I got to tell my own stories. And my, like, I wasn't doing her jokes. I just was like very much like impersonating what I thought she would sound like kind of thing, you know. Maybe not intentionally, but, and then the, uh, it went pretty well. And then the next time after that, I, you know, I started telling stories about being an elevator mechanic and, and that kind of went well. And yeah, it was, uh, it was weird. It was, uh, it took a couple uh, for sure to get a ton of response. Was it, was it hard to make that jump from doing it as a, as a part-time hobby per se into, uh, you know, quitting your job and letting it take over? <laughs> Oh yeah, absolutely. Like it was like, I was like, uh, you know, a pretty, uh, stable wage and, and that kind of thing. And then I just like one day just got mad and quit. And I had, I, I had like so much, uh, I had so much comedy on the weekends and the weekdays that I was only like getting like four or five hours of sleep. So I'd like go into work and just be like, Oh man, like I can't do both these things, but comedy quite hadn't quite uh, it's certainly not as lucrative as that was. So it was like a hard transition financially. And then also just to like figure out what to do with myself all day long too, as well. Did it, so you said you, you got mad and, and quit. Is there like a, uh, is there a good quitting story though? <laughs> not really. Like I, uh, I worked on elevators and, uh, they, uh, I was just kind of in a stressful situation and, and they had been uh, putting a lot of pressure on us. So we, and uh, to do some, some maybe some unsafe things, and I just uh, wouldn't do them anymore. So I said, uh, I just uh, packed up all my tools and left. And my partner, who I was working with, just uh, he's like, it was it was a little dramatic. We were, it was like a movie scene. He was like, just take your, drop your keys off and go, never turn back. And now that I like look back at it, and I'm like, could we have been more dramatic about it? And it makes me laugh. That's um, amazing. <laughs> but it was because he knew like I did this and he was like follow your dreams <laughs> and now I'll talk to him like after that and he'll be like oh, yeah we were ridiculous that was uh that was a little more dramatic than it needed to be is he uh he's still uh maintaining elevators yeah he's a he's a good pal of mine and uh he's uh one of one of my first friends in the trade so he he still does that Everyone is Jonas is a live-streamed, competitive role-playing podcast hosted by me, Doug Vandalay. Me, Eric Ivanovich. And me, Talia Murdoch. On twitch.tv forward slash cavegoblins every Monday at 7.30 p.m. PST. It, it never ceases to amaze me in uh, construction and, like, blue-collar jobs how little regard a lot of managers have for the workers' safety. Yeah. <laughs> Like, they just want it done in a certain time frame, right? Like, and I work for the union, so the union is just like, no, man, it's got to be done super safe and, like, make sure that everybody else is safe. So, but when it when it comes down to money, like, the office side of things is always going to just be like, get it done. Yeah. Yeah, like, uh, when I first moved to Canada, before it got set up and I just needed some tied-me-over money, I was working for one of those labor providers yeah. where they bill you out for 20 bucks an hour, but they pay you 12 bucks an hour. Oh, the bastards. Yeah, and I was on this uh, construction site in Vancouver, and it was fall, so it, was, it wasn't it was raining, but it was kind of wet. And I'm on the 13th floor of this uh, this 
apartment building and there's no railings on any of the balconies yet and they've got this right. you know those those forklifts that go up like really high like 13 floors yeah the uh the zoom booms yeah that's right well they've got a zoom boom just with a pallet slotted over it covered in tiles like and i'm t- i'm talking like 30 kilogram flats of tiles and they were having right. me climb off the balcony onto that to get the tiles and bring them down for 12 bucks an hour <laughs> you're like there's no way dude i got off there and then like i put the the tiles down and um i wanted to take a break and they're like no we need to get this done and so i just walked off and i get a call from the labor supplier and they're like why'd you just walk off that size i didn't feel safe they're like well then you have to call us and ask us if it's okay <laughs> Just like, You're like, I'm telling you right now, I'm not hauling tile 13 stories up without a harness. <laughs> yeah. And that just they just want to get that eight bucks an hour for me to risk my life. Yeah. Yeah, it's incredible. And you know what? The the shame is of it all is like a lot of people will do it. Yeah, that's the like, problem. Like you'll look around on a construction site sometimes and you're like, that's not safe. So they're like and they'll uh, you know you'll you'll make a point of like saying something, and they're like, "Oh, gee, well, we, it had to get done." Yeah. And you're like, "Oh my god, for you know, at what cost?" It's a total race to the bottom. I mean, because they'll just find anyone that can do it. That was the thing with those labor suppliers. You never knew what you were going to be doing. I don't know if you've ever worked for one, but um, you get in there oh. at like five thirty in the morning. Yeah. And then you start your job at eight. So you're already three hours out, basically. You and, just because you're just like waiting around for three hours to them for them to send you somewhere. Yeah, well, and you also got like an hour to get there, so you, it's like one and a half hours or something. You're waiting around, making sure you get the job, and then you just do oh, wherever they okay. send you. Sometimes it was good because there was like a minimum call out of I think like four hours. So if you got a job done in like half hour, you got like forty bucks. Oh, you got four hours, pay for it. Yeah, and they give you a check at the end of the day. Right, so it's just like, yeah, we have like a, it's called like a worker's corner here in Calgary, and people just like go stand on the side of the corner, and they'll get picked up and taken to job sites and stuff, right. it's like a similar thing, yeah. Well, this at least had like a brick and mortar location and, and some kind yeah. of waiver. <laughs> some kind of structure to it. And they were kind enough to rent me some uh, PPE for the day. <laughs> just the rental hard hat, you're like, oh, good. Yeah, so I'd love to deduct this from my, from my, uh from my wedge uh, yeah they're like they're like uh oh, it's i i mean we don't know how to tell you this but the rental is uh actually 12 dollars an hour for that ppe so, <laughs> so i was like, gonna oh. ask do you ever miss the blue collar life but i i don't know after this conversation <laughs> you know what i do man like sometimes i really miss it like you know just being on a job site and there's certain like you know there's a part of me that likes that like doing accomplishing something doing something physical and then you know seeing the the um completion of something is like fulfill something in me and i just like being on the job site with the guys and stuff like i grew up playing hockey and being in dressing rooms and and that atmosphere and stuff and i and i miss that camaraderie sometimes but that exists so much in comedy that i that i don't uh, you know i don't miss out completely but uh yeah there's certain like aspects i i miss about it i don't i don't miss a lot of things i don't miss getting up at five o'clock in the morning and and i uh, get into a job and being in the working in the cold and being sore every day and you know that kind of stuff but uh i really i really enjoyed like i I built some pretty cool relationships with uh a lot of the guys that i worked with so you know i I miss them from time to time it's amazing that you ever had the energy to um go and do comedy 
I imagine like every every night even uh after work yeah doing physical labor it's like a sick addiction too like when you start doing comedy it's like you got to get out every night and you know you want to get a spot on every show and get better and and the more people that see it the more shows you'll get to do so yeah like I was working I was working five days a week you know like eight eight to ten hours a day and then I was doing uh shows every night and then and then eventually going on the road on the weekend so it got to be pretty exhausting yeah i didn't even consider starting this podcast until i got out of the construction game because i was just (laughs) so beat at the end of the day i just needed to sit down until i got back to work then my weekends were a hell of a lot of sitting down as well <laughs> like I still have those moments like you know like I I get off the road and stuff now and I'm just like I'm just going to stare at a wall for 2 days and hope I don't get this you know interrupted from this process cuz it needs some unwinding for sure. Well that's kind of a um one of the advantages of the uh the blue collar jobs is you leave it at the job for the most part. At least when you're a worker you f- you finish your job at 4 or 5 o'clock you go home yeah. And, you, and you don't have to do it till you get back there. But, you know, working in entertainment or, or anything, you're constantly thinking about it, like your online presence, uh, your shows coming up, things like that. Oh, I know. I woke up at 3 o'clock this morning and I was like, well, I guess I'm just up and working now. Like, I, you know, I just had stuff on my mind that had to get done, bookings that had to get completed. And, you know, so it's like that that part of it is, yeah, it's definitely a different different thing than just going to work at seven o'clock in the morning and, and being finished at three you know well hopefully you can reach some kind of plateau where you have uh, other people filling in a lot of those gaps for you <laughs> yeah. that's the dream right that is the dream just have somebody else like i need like a life coach just as it is just to follow me around and make proper decisions for me so if that ever becomes a part of my career that would be awesome it'd be nice to just have someone for everything you know like, oh, I know. get me out. I don't want an alarm clock. Just get me out of bed in the morning. Yeah, you're like, I do... just want you to sit uh, next to my bed and just <laughs> brush my hair until I just wake up. <laughs> Somebody's like, no, no, nobody wants to do that. Well, I mean, you could probably call one of those labor providers to get someone for 12 bucks an hour to do it. Dude, I pay them 13. I'm like, if you don't go through the agency, I'll pay you 13 bucks an hour to wake me up every morning. Yeah, and then they're, they're not, uh, you know... <laughs> Busting their ass out on the street. So, you know, if you're if you're in that situation, you'll listen to this podcast working on a road, just contact Brittany Lysing and <laughs> Come to Calgary. Wake me up every morning. Uh the sad thing is someone would do it. Oh yeah, for sure. There's <laughs> <laughs> there's gotta be somebody weird enough that would just be like, Yeah, I'm into it. Um uh, <laughs> I know having somebody to do everything for you would be it would be like I think it would be one of those things that you'd be like super into for the first little bit and then just exhausted by as well. Yeah, it would get so weird. I mean, you, whenever totally. you solve a problem, you just make a new one anyway. <laughs> yeah, you're just creating messes nonstop. Yeah, or you'd be like, oh, <laughs> it's so stressful. My characters in The Sims, like, I just. <laughs> I know. Right, I'll like. I will say that about like online games. I'll be like playing like a uh, some like low rent version of Candy Crush. I'm like, oh, I hate it when they change this all up and the levels are all weird. I'm like, that's not a real stress problem, but I'll make it one. Uh, you got to simulate it somehow. It's it's yeah. it's a nicer it's a nicer problem to to give yourself. Yeah, for sure. Than being uh, up thirteen floors, haul, trying to huck tile across the gap. Do you, do you have any horror stories like that? 
from the uh, uh, elevator trade. I remember when I uh, was like an apprentice, uh, this old English guy, he would just like, he, he was pretty funny. He'd just like put you in kind of the most precarious situations and then yell at you while you did them. Like he'd be like, put this ladder uh, up against the wall, 30 stories up and go and tighten this bolt at the top of the hoistway. And, uh, and then you'd just be doing it and he'd be like, are you making a career out of this? And I'd be like, oh God, you know, like, you're like, I hope I don't die. I'm just trying not to die is what I'm doing. Yeah. Every boss I've ever had in construction just wants everything you're doing to be done about three times as quickly. Oh yeah. (laughs) And then while you're doing it, just making fun of you, you're like, oh, this is really up in my, uh, (laughs) upping my, uh, ability to complete this task without crying. Well, um, I'm glad you got out of it. Yeah, me too. I might have to go back. You never know. <laughs> well, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah. Thanks so much for coming talking to me tonight. Anyway, Bernie. Hey, thanks for having me, man. Obviously, uh, the the album going up. That's uh, where can people find that? Uh, they can find it online at Spotify, iTunes, uh, Google Play. Uh, if if you download it, um, then uh, that's the artist makes a little bit more money. So, so download it if you don't, in, instead of just streaming it, if you can. And, uh, yeah, you can uh, you can buy it there or at uh, 604 uh, on their online store as well. Great. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to plug? Where can uh, people find you online? Uh, you can find me at uh, Brittany the Comedian on Instagram. And uh, if you're uh, in the Kelowna area uh, this coming weekend, I will, be, uh, I will be in Penticton, Kelowna, Kamloops, and... Uh, and, and it's going to be a blast. So uh, hit me up on social media for show details. Unfortunately, this will probably come out after that. But, All right. Um, well, then uh, ask me how the show Hit me up anyways, and then ask me how the show went. Yeah. Th- <laughs> oh, thanks for, thanks for going to that show as well. It? it was crazy what happened. What? It's a one in a million. Oh. It's one in a million oh, it, uh, show, and everybody it's missed a, it. Everybody missed it. You could have been yeah. there. <laughs> thanks for listening to Van X Van. You can find me on Twitter at Dirk Vandelay and the show at VanXVancast. If you enjoyed the show, please consider leaving us a review on Podchaser or iTunes. It's the best way for us to grow at no cost to you. We're also on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash cavegoblins. I'm Doug Vandelay. See you next time. This is a Cave Goblin podcast. For other podcasts like this, visit cavegoblins.com. We hope you have enjoyed this program.